gentlemen, your Toronto Maple Leafs for the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I am your host, Joshua Anselmo, bringing you another post-game recap episode as your Toronto Maple Leafs shut out the Vegas Golden Knights on home ice. What a game this was from the team, top to bottom. This was probably the Leafs' most convincing win all season long. Never really had the game in doubt, and they controlled the pace of play pretty much the whole 60 minutes. Uh, Mitch Marner opened up the scoring in this one, 11 minutes and 31 seconds into the game. A beautiful move in front of the net, pushing it to the backhand side, putting it right uh, behind Robin Leonard. Absolutely erupted Scotiabank Arena. Everybody was going crazy. The play was assisted by John Tavares and Alexander Kerfoot. That line continues its good run of play early on in this game. Then we transition to the second period. Austin Matthews finally gets on the board at Scotiabank Arena since his return. A power play goal assisted by William Nylander and Mitch Marner. A beautiful shot by Austin Matthews in the second period. Then, just you know, minutes later in the second period, Matthews scores again with 45 seconds left in the second period. Assisted by Morgan Riley and Mitch Marner. What a play this was by Sheldon Keefe. I'll explain in a minute further on in the episode. That's a highlight point I'm going to be speaking about. That goal right there is huge for a lot of reasons. And I'll touch on base a little later. But then we move to the third period. William Nylander starts the third period strong. Coming on in 2 minutes and 43 seconds. And puts one right behind Robin Leonard. Assisted by Michael Bunting and TJ Brody. Then to finish this game, Jack Campbell made 26 saves, going perfect on the night, and was absolutely a rock when needed to be. And there's not much you can take out from this win besides that the team looked absolutely amazing. Now, I know the Vegas Golden Knights team that was on the ice last night is heavily banged up. They are missing a lot of star players like Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, and others. But... That was still a big Leafs win in my opinion. And there is a lot of good points to take away from it. Um, to start, the Muzzin and Brody pairing, I've, I've grown really comfortable with, honestly. Muzzin is a guy that, you know, on the show that I've talked about early on in the season, not having his best play. But since he's been paired up with TJ Brody, he's actually played a much better game, a much better um, offensive and defensive showing, which is impressive because a lot of people forgot about the upside that Muzzin brings. And like I've touched on many times on the show, Muzzin is more of, you know, kind of a shutdown pairing guy first before um, going offensive. But, you know, he's really shown that he still has this offensive ability that we've seen in years prior with them. And I really think that that's because uh, the partner with uh, Brody gives him more of a chance to play free and play more his kind of play instead of forced to play shutdown kind of hockey with Justin Hall, who has been healthy scratch for two games in a row. And Justin Hall, I don't think we'll be seeing the ice anytime soon with the way Timothy Lilligren has been playing unless injury. And what came out this morning, obviously this is uh, we're recording on the Wednesday while well, I'm recording on the Wednesday. Uh, so we're not quite sure um, how long Dermot will be out for, but 
it was confirmed this morning that Travis Dermott is officially listed as day-to-day. I think that was because of the shot that he blocked uh, in yesterday's game. Um, he did go get x-rays done. They did come back negative, which is a good sign. But you can tell it clearly affected him throughout the rest of the night, which, um, you know, it's awesome that he played through it. But uh, you can still tell that it's a stinger. So I don't expect him to be out too long. But uh, Justin Hall will probably come back into the lineup. But if everybody's healthy, I think Justin Hall needs to be up in the press box because the way this decor has looked in these last couple games without him have been really strong. And the advanced analytics show that, you know, Travis Dermott, that's the guy that people are going to make the argument for, um, for Justin Hall to come in and replace. But if you look analytically, there is no reason why you should be taking Dermott out of the lineup this year. No matter if he's been with Sandine or Morgan Riley, he's actually elevated the play of both players. And I really like him being on Riley's uh, pairing because um, obviously they had their struggles, which I've made evident in uh, previous episodes, especially the preseason action that they were together. They didn't have the best chemistry, but Dermott has simplified his game uh, since joining Riley on this pairing. And he's been more of, you know, protecting his own blue line, which he does far better than, than, you know, being an offensive contributor, uh, contributor, sorry. But Morgan Riley kind of needs this kind of player with him. I know he was solid with TJ Brody, but helping out Muzzin while helping out Dermot, you know, this could actually benefit the Leafs in a long, uh, long term. And it gives Riley more space and freedom to go up and push the puck up the ice, which he's so much stronger than uh, defensively. So giving Dermot that kind of, you know, simplified game, uh, protecting his own blue line, I think is going to be best for a lot of people. Uh, on the defensive side. And then Lilligren and Sandin. That pairing right there, you can't like harp on them too much. Like, yeah, they're young and, you know, they're going to have their times where um, they make mistakes, but they have a chemistry that's been built up for a while now, obviously with their days in the Marlies playing together. Um, Lilligren has actually been, you know, used on the penalty kill, which is something the Leafs development has really tried to implement in his game, uh, try to make them a two-way uh, defenseman as best as possible and you know what honestly it's showing pretty well uh Lilligren and uh Sandine together they complement each other um you know they're both kind of different players Sandine you know uses his phenomenal edge work and his skating ability to bring the puck up while Lilligren uh gives you more of a down the ice uh stretch pass option um you know another talented skater too he's pretty quick which is a lot better than having a stale, you know, kind of slow, rugged defenseman at the back that a lot of teams do. So that could be a huge advantage for the Leafs moving forward. Now, I do like Justin's Hall play when he's on his game. Don't get me wrong, but I know a lot of you guys can make cases. A lot of people who really like Hall say that, you know, he does play the most minutes on the penalty kill out of anybody on this team, which is true. Um, He might actually be uh, the best right-handed shutdown defenseman in the organization, depending if you want to argue uh, prospects and players uh, in the Marlies. But I just don't see how you can put Justin in right now, taking out one of, uh, you know, Dermott's or Lilligren's with how good they've played. Um, And, you know, chemistry is huge on the D side. So without any injuries, I think you got to keep rolling um, these six here. And, um, you know, we got Thursday, uh, Tampa Bay, and Saturday, Boston. So, if they can hold up their 
you know, end of the bargain against really talented teams like those two, then there should have, there should be no controversy moving forward. Um, all right, now getting back to Sheldon, uh, the thing I mentioned earlier, that third goal by Toronto, um, I know a lot of people might overlook it because, you know, this was a Vegas team that was missing, you know, like a stupid amount of players. Like it was ridiculous due to injuries. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people are just going to say, you know, they'd be okay. I really banged up Golden Knight squad. But when Matthews got that third goal, um, you know, I was at Scotiabank Arena and I noticed Sheldon, uh, these last three shifts in the second, he put um, uh, Tavares, Matthews, and Nylander on a line after the penalty kill. And it was kind of like, you know, they really wanted that goal uh, before going into the second intermission. That line came close. Um, they didn't get any, unfortunately. Then the Spezza line came on. And then right after the Spezza line had their shift, he puts on Marner, Matthews, and Nylander with like about like just over a minute left um, in the second period. So that line right there, tons of offensive talent, right? This line was cycling the puck throughout the zone, creating chances, and eventually the puck goes in. Matthews was whacking at it. A funny goal that, you know, was awesome to see Matthews score twice. I really thought he was going to get the hat trick. But this is important to me because that game at that point was 2 nothing, right? And a lot of coaches probably would have just, you know, try and play out the last couple minutes, keep the two-goal lead, and then go into the next intermission and, you know, come up for the third with the 2 nothing lead. But when the Leafs lost in April to the Montreal Canadiens, like after that playoff series that, you know, left a lot of Leafs Nation heartbroken. Sheldon Keefe and many players and uh, many players in management all talked about the killer instinct and how they need to find that killer instinct. Finish him. And honestly, being at Scotiabank Arena and seeing how he, uh, Sheldon stacked up these two out of the three lines uh, to finish the period against a depleted Vegas team when the Leafs already had a 2-0 lead shows me that you know, this is a team that might be done feeling sorry for themselves, you know? Like, they might be... Like, that's a team that uh, it was, like I said, missing, like, you know, Pacioretty, Mark Stone, um, many, many more. Zach Whitecloud, who was their, you know, best shutdown uh, defenseman after Martinez, uh, the young guy who just got a long extension. But Toronto really picked up the killer instinct and just put the game down... I really think that third goal kind of was the dagger into Vegas. Um, you know, that's a killer going into the intermission now down three instead of two. I know a lot of people are going to be like, what's the difference? It's one goal. But going into the second period, I mean, the third period up to nothing compared to three nothing is like Mount Everest compared to, you know, like your average hill uh, in your subdivision. Like it's ridiculous. I can't even uh, describe how, you know, being in that change room. Uh, only down to nothing to three nothing is two different worlds. So this was a Leafs team that you know they knew that the opposition they were playing was you know not up to their standards, and they really really put the dagger in, and they just iced the game from there. And I think that was awesome. And credit to Sheldon Keefe, and they put the gas pedal all the way through. Like I said, right into the third period, Nylander two minutes in puts one right by Robin Leonard, 
and the goal horn goes off and Scotiabank Arena is cheering and, you know, everybody's all happy. That is what needs to happen moving forward. You need to bury the dagger in these teams. And I think that now the Leafs are finally starting to gasp, uh, grasp that, you know, understanding that if they want to be successful and be amongst, you know, the playoff and cup contenders, then you need to ice these games out and do it in fashion. So credit to Sheldon there. Um, that's going to wrap up the post game against the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm going to do a little bit of a pregame for Thursday's game um, right now. Uh, Thursday, you know, Tampa Bay is coming to town. A lot of people think Tampa Bay is going to be the winner of the Atlantic Division. Obviously, right now, Florida looks like the top dog. Um, but the Lightning, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Um, you know, a team that's full of talent everywhere, no matter if it's offensively, defensively, uh, or even in goal. So this is going to be a huge challenge for the Maple Leafs. Like, there's no question. Uh, being on home ice, this win here is huge. Winning this game, um, you know, quiets a lot of the haters and, you know, does a huge confidence boost, I can only imagine, to the guys in the room. So, you know, Tampa, they are without Kucherov. But they still got, you know, the top line of Kalorn, Braden Point, and I believe Sorelli is the guy up on the right wing now um, for that first line. So, you know, it's a little different than a Tampa team that we've seen uh, in the past, the last time we played them, you know, with Kucherov up on that first line. But still a team that is full of talent. Um, Andre Palat, Stamkos, and Alex Barre-Boulet complete the second line followed by Patrick Maroon, Ross Colton, and Corey Perry. Uh, Corey Perry, yes, the former Montreal Canadian from last playoff series, who I know many Leafs fans absolutely hate uh, after what he did to John. So, you know, he's kind of a chippy player like that. He's not the cleanest player in the game. Uh, So, uh, like, watch that matchup between him and Simmons. Um, You know, I feel like they're going to be too competitors all night going back and forth between each other uh, and then the fourth line for Tampa with Matthew Joseph, Pierre-Edouard Belmer and Taylor Radish um, that's a line that a lot of people you know just throw under the rug nobody really talks about them but they could be dangerous at times because they have the speed of Joseph on the left side he's a very fast player uh, the brother of Pierre Oliver Joseph in Pittsburgh uh, top prospect defenseman um, he's with Pure Edward Belmer, the veteran center, who plays a really strong defensive game. Uh, despite his age, he's still, you know, a competent fourth-line center. And the young Taylor Radish on the right wing, who also has a shot and a goal-scoring edge. So it'll be important for Toronto uh, and their bottom six when they go up against that line uh, to make sure that they're strong. And I expect the David Camp line to kind of control that line most of the game. Uh, even though I do want to see the Stamkos and point lines with Camp because I think Camp does really good um, shutting down other teams' top players. But uh, John Cooper's a smart coach, so you know he's going to try and get Belmare out there as much as he can against Kampf. Um Then we go to the defensive side. We got Hedman, of course, and Sergeyev as their top pairing. Hedman, of course, is always in the Norris conversation. Uh, arguably the best defenseman in the NHL. Um, you know, big, strong offensive upside uh you can't ask for much more out of a franchise defenseman so he's going to be in the lineup uh Sergeyev's partner who's also an offensive threat um 
Then they got McDonough and Chernak, who are, you know, they're really physical and strong defensemen. Uh, McDonough actually has an underrated offensive upside, which the Leafs should be careful about. But an uh, area that I think the Leafs can really exploit this Tampa team is uh, Tampa's third pairing between Cal Foote and Andre Suster. Um, both guys, you know, Foote, uh, Foote is, you know, obviously a lot younger, uh, former prospect. And Suster's, you know, been around the league, is considered a veteran. Those two have played well together, but I think that if the Leafs can get their matchups perfect, I feel like the top six in the Leafs uh, organization can really, you know, uh, call out this pairing back here and make it evident that, uh, you know, Tampa should probably fix that if they do want to be, you know, three-time-in-a-row champions. Then uh, the power play on Tampa, um, you know, without Kucherov, somehow it's always still effective. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, credit to the Leafs, um, you know, new penalty kill coach and uh, all that. But there is no denying that the Leafs haven't really had a test um, like the Tampa Bay Lightnings. You know, they've played teams that have been banged up like Pittsburgh and Vegas. And then they've played the Canadian teams. They did play the Rangers. The Rangers, I'll give them credit. Um, but, you know, a game tomorrow, it's probably going to come down to special teams and whose penalty kill can outdo the other one and whose power play can contribute the most. And then in goal for Tampa, I, I expect Vasilevsky. You know, like there's no real reason for them to start Elliott in that game. Um, Vasilevsky, we all know, is probably the best goaltender in the NHL. Um you know, a lot of people are going to argue price and stuff, but Vasilevsky just gives you, you know, everything you want out of a goalie. He's calm and collected and so poised and uh, hardly gives up rebounds, but you're not really going to beat him uh, Vasilevsky low. So I think the Leafs can definitely, uh, you know, break Vasi Matthews and the offensive uh, upside this team has can definitely uh, get some goals behind him. But what I liked the most about the game on Tuesday was the Leafs broke Leonard early. Like, they broke Leonard, then they kept going, and they kept going, and then they never, Vegas was never able to get uh, back on their feet. So I think the Leafs tomorrow, on home ice, at Scotiabank Arena, need to break Vasilevsky early, get the building pumping, and they'll have a much better chance of winning this game. Because if you let Vasky, uh, Vasky, sorry, get into his groove uh, throughout the night, and it's going to be a lot tougher to beat them. And you got to make sure that, you know, the Leafs have been better when they score in the first period. So, you know, let's get that early lead. Let's score in the first period. And I think the Leafs have a really good chance in this one. Uh, it's going to be a great game. And I can't wait to see the outcome. Um, but before I wrap up the episode here of the recap, I just want to talk about two things. Uh, the first one is Jack Campbell. Um, you know, Soupy... Uh, being in the arena last night, it was amazing uh, to see and hear all the fans in the building chanting soup every time he made a huge save. Uh, it was really cool. Um, I think, you know, Jack appreciates that. Uh, he said it many times to the media, and the fans were loving him. So, after the game, well, prior to that game, we saw how Nick Kiprio said that, you know, like there's contract negotiations ongoing with Jack and Toronto. But then after the game, Dave Pagnota on Twitter said that if Campbell has a good season, 
Campbell can get up to like he thinks that Campbell can get up to five million, and obviously for the Leafs that's uh, you know unreasonable and they probably can't afford that. Nor do I think Campbell would ask for that. I think Campbell would ask you know probably for a raise for sure if he has a good year, but definitely something that the Leafs can work with. Um, so kind of a hometown discount, but um, that's kind of scary uh, so early in the season to hear that if Campbell has a good year, he can be asking for about $5 million. Um, I don't know how much uh, you know you can put into that statement by uh, Dave, although he does have his sources and he is high re- uh, highly regarded on Twitter, but I just can't see Jack you know, um, taking $5 million. But uh, Dave also said that Contract negotiations are most likely to wait until after the season is concluded. So, um, you know, the media is going both ways with this. Uh, if the negotiations are ongoing or if they're waiting. But anyways, I expect Jack Campbell to be re-signed eventually, either now or after the season. Uh, Campbell right now is 4-2-1 with a 1.99 goals against average and a 929 save percentage with a shutout, which is absolutely awesome numbers through his first seven games. So I'm hoping he keeps it up and I want to see Jack as Maple Leaf for a long time coming because he is just an amazing person off the ice and he just looks like he has such a fun time with the boys and you can tell the boys love him back. And then the last thing I want to touch up on uh, before I end the show is um, the Toronto Maple Leafs face-off percentage. Um, Toronto's ranked second right now in the league. Uh, 56.3. Um, I want to touch up on this because this is a team that, you know, they normally haven't been that great on faceoffs. Um, usually it's been Spets are the only one uh, throughout the organization who can, you know, be faceoff dominant. But the camp signing, is it's really, I know it's kind of under the table right now because he's not one that puts up points. But for people to understand why that signing was made and what he does on the ice, he has been awesome at faceoffs. And Matthews has really put in the effort to work on his face, and that's showing too. And uh, Tavares has always been, you know, uh, better at faceoffs than uh, other centers in the league. But it's just really coming together. Like the four guys uh, that run the middle of the ice are really uh, winning possession, and that's important in uh, the NHL, especially in this day and age where it's all about speed and uh, possession of the puck. So I think that's a way that this team can beat teams like Tampa and Boston moving forward. Uh, by holding possession of the puck and obviously with the offensive talent they have creating offensive opportunities this is a team that you know they are fifth in shots on goal and they are like number one by a wide margin on goals expected and other advanced analytics so that's a a big reason to that is the face-off percentage and winning possession back so um Maybe we'll see Hall in the game tomorrow, but I've really liked what Lilligren's done, and I think Lilligren can help continue to those offensive uh, opportunities. Um, it's going to be a fantastic game. I can't wait. Um, Tampa coming to town is always a highly regarded uh, opponent, so make sure the Leafs, let's make sure the Leafs get after it early in this one. A quick goal in the first period I think would be crucial. And let's hope Jack, who I think is going to play in this game, uh, stands on his head again. Because uh, when Jack's on his game, this Leafs team is a much different team. And I'm really excited to see what tomorrow brings. Alrighty, folks. That's all for me. Thank you for listening to your Battleborn Leafs podcast. 
and we hope you have a good night. Yeah.